What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Monday, October 2nd, also known as a... Wait a minute. That's right. The Dolphins didn't win. See, I'm used to coming on the airwaves on Monday and playing a clip and saying it's a you-know-what Monday. I've done that for the past three weeks, so it just became like normality. That's just what I do on a Monday. But the Dolphins didn't win. So this is the first show on a Monday during football season in quite some time where I didn't lead with that. It's just a regular Monday now. What are we supposed to do with a regular Monday? Gosh, I hope this doesn't happen often. I mean, I've got pep in my step. I'm ready because the Marlins are in the postseason. But the day after a Dolphins win is just a lot of fun. You guys are all excited. You're happy. You're feeling more alive. And today you're probably like, geez, the Bills, they gave it to us. Josh Allen tore up our defense. Our defense is not good. I know what Dolphins fans are saying today. I know what you were saying yesterday after like 2.30 p.m. So the Dolphins conversation today is going to be a bit different than what I'm used to for the past three weeks or so. But I think I'm going to be able to find my way through it. It wasn't all bad news this weekend. Thankfully, I could stop scoreboard watching. I don't need to check any other scores in Major League Baseball. The Miami Marlins, they did their part. They are in. They're in the postseason. They got a wild card spot. Tomorrow night starts their best of three series in Philadelphia. I'm happy about that. I hope it's a really good result for Miami. And I feel like it could be. And I'll get into the Marlins conversation a little bit later on this hour. The party, it happened on Saturday night for them. They played yesterday like they were double parked or something. They just raced through that ball game. And here they are in Philadelphia, back in the postseason for the first time following a real season since 2003. That's going to be so exciting. I will be headed to Philadelphia tomorrow. I told you guys I'd rather go to Philadelphia than Milwaukee. And unless you're a huge fan of beer and maybe bratwurst or something, you probably prefer Philly over Milwaukee or maybe you got family in Milwaukee. I say probably. I don't know. I've never been to Milwaukee and I won't be going there because the Marlins aren't going there. I'm going to Philadelphia I'll be flying to Philadelphia from Miami on Tuesday morning. Got on the Dreamliner out of MIA. Oh, Fort Lauderdale's better. Uh, no, no, it's not. They don't have a Dreamliner at Fort Lauderdale going to Philly. MIA does. So I'll be headed from Miami International Airport to Philadelphia on uh, Tuesday morning, which is tomorrow. And because I'll be traveling in the morning and getting in around noon or so, I don't want to have to rush through anything at all. There could be delays. You never know. Uh, I'm going to head to the ballpark, and 
I will not be on the air Tuesday. So you got me today. I will not be on the air tomorrow, uh, but I will be with you from Philadelphia on Wednesday and I hope on Thursday. That's the hope. We'll see. Maybe the Marlins beat the Phillies in the first two games. And then I'm coming to you from Atlanta. Am I too excited about that, going to Atlanta? See, I could look ahead. I know the Braves are a very, very, very good team. But if the Marlins can get past the Phillies, that's a great first step. And then they'll have to worry about the next step and maybe the Braves' bats will go silent after a week off. But I will be coming to you uh, Wednesday from Philly. Uh, Most likely Thursday I'll do the show from Philly. And then it'll be either to Atlanta, Miami, or Medellin. That's kind of the travel schedule, at least here for me and, and the show. The Marlins, maybe after their series with Philly, they'll have the same travel schedule that all that I've got going on. Maybe they'll go to Atlanta, maybe they'll go to Miami, or maybe they'll go to Medellin. Maybe they'll stop in Miami to drop their stuff off, pick some stuff up, and then fly to Medellin. But I'm hoping the Marlins go to Atlanta, and then they will go to maybe L.A., and then maybe they would go to, I don't know, Baltimore? Who knows? Am I getting a little ahead of myself? Probably. The Marlins can't do that. I can. I, I'm excited. The Marlins are in, and I, I want to talk a lot more about them, but I'm not going to do it right now. We got a lot going on. The Heat, they've also got media day going on. The Heat are the defending Eastern Conference champions. Let's not forget that. They were talking to reporters this morning. Their practice starts tomorrow. The opener is three weeks away. Just about three weeks away. How wild and amazing is that? This is October. All right, it's October 2nd. This is the first show of October 2023. This has been a great year for South Florida sports. The Dolphins lost yesterday, but let's not make that a downer for everything going on. This is a great time on the sports calendar. March to me is number one. October is... I I don't even want to say two. I want to say it's like almost tied for first because it's so great. There's so much to watch and talk about the NFL, college football, the baseball postseason, basketball's returning this month. We got hockey coming back. March has March Madness, which we love. But now October, even with the Marlins in the mix, Come on, this is just a great month. It's going to be fantastic. And I hope the Marlins are in the mix for more than just this week. All right, so I got a lot to get to this hour, but I can't get to any of it until the hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. The Miami Dolphins will not be going 17-0. Let's just get that out of the way. Plus, that would have presented a little dilemma for the organization because they did it in 72, and 
you don't want to touch the 72 team's record, do you? Not with, I mean, they never want anyone to do it, but you're going to do it with your own team? That would have been a little interesting, but no. Let's leave it to the guys from 1972. The Dolphins are not going to go undefeated this year. Maybe next year, not this year. Now let's get real. What stinks about that loss yesterday? What really hurts is that the Dolphins aren't even in first place anymore. Now they've dropped behind the Bills. Miami and Buffalo are both 3-1, and one, but Buffalo's got the head-to-head. That's why this matchup was so juicy, as I was saying on Friday and all last week. Miami beats the Bills. They're two games up, and they've got the tiebreaker. They've got the head-to-head. They lose, and now they're in second. The two teams will meet again. That'll be week 18, the final game of the regular season, and it's going to be at Hard Rock Stadium. This game yesterday, it was lost because of the defense. Yes, you might be saying, well, the offense wasn't that great. There were flaws on offense, no doubt. But this was a poor defensive effort right from the start. The game gets going in Buffalo offensively. They just did whatever they wanted to do. Here's the thing about the Bills. When Josh Allen makes mistakes, that is a team that can lose and lose often. But when Josh Allen is back there and he's smart, when he's playing to live another down, when he's not trying to force it unnecessarily, that Buffalo Bills team is fantastic. The best player on that field yesterday was Stefan Diggs. And Cater Kohu was the complete opposite. That was a horrible matchup. Horrendous. And the Bills knew it. That's why they kept going to Diggs over and over and over again. It's the same way the Dolphins go to Tyreek Hill. They go to Tyreek because he's going to take over the game. They see the matchup. He imposes his will on a game. Well, what do you think the Buffalo Bills did yesterday? They saw the matchup with Diggs, and they said, we're just going to keep going to him. And that's exactly what happened. The tackling, it was abysmal. That one 55-yard touchdown, the Dolphins missed about four or five tackles, a clean shot on Diggs, and away he went. We're talking about fundamentals there. That's not scheme. It's got nothing to do with scheme. That's not when to blitz and when not to blitz. This is football 101. If a team fails to do those things well, forget it. They're not going to win a football game. The minute you saw that happen, you knew the Dolphins were doomed. I mean, you may have known it before that happened. But once you saw that happen, come on. And I don't want to just say that the Bills won because the Dolphins' defense was not good. And I'm being nice by saying not good. Ken Dorsey deserves some credit. Buffalo seemed more patient than they've been. And 
I thought they ran the ball effectively, and it seemed like they were doing that whenever they wanted to. And because of that, it allowed Josh Allen to get comfortable. He threw some passes to the receivers. It was a playoff-type offense, and the Dolphins' defense had no answers for him. The only guy I would say who had a good game on the Dolphins' D was Andrew Van Ginkle, yet again. He was filling in for Jalen Phillips. Andrew Van Ginkle was around the ball. He was around the quarterback, and he's proven to be a playmaker on a defense that needs it. I think it's very clear that this Dolphins D really needs Jalen Ramsey. That's why they went out and got him. He hasn't played it down yet this season. Supposedly, he'll be coming back in December. If you had some elite coverage in the secondary, if you had Ramsey back there, somebody who could take on another team's number one wideout, that would be helpful. That's why they went to get Jalen Ramsey. Yesterday, he would have been a huge help because the Dolphins made no impact defensively. And then on the offensive side of the ball, which is usually what we're leading with, it started well enough for Miami. It was touchdown Bills, touchdown Dolphins, touchdown Bills, touchdown Dolphins. And we're all thinking the same thing, uh, track meet. The last team with the ball wins. Or the first team with the ball in overtime is going to win. That's how it started. But over time, the Dolphins did something they haven't done all year. They started making mistakes. You had the lost fumble by Raheem Mostert. You had an interception by Tua. You had some operational issues, just getting the plays in on time, having guys lined up the right way. Some of that probably had to do with the crowd. I think the crowd noise was definitely a factor. You could tell it was loud. You could tell Tua wasn't communicating at an elite level. And that matters. Because the Dolphins' big thing the first three weeks, it was all about this crazy motion. They were running around offensively all over the place, having guys going this way and that way, catching the D off guard. But when the Dolphins are struggling to communicate, when the plays weren't coming in as fast or as sharp, then you start to get the breakdowns. To me, that's what happened. So instead of embarrassing the Bills' defense, the Dolphins actually had a few pre-snap penalties. It looked a lot more like what we saw last season. Now, Tua took blame for pretty much everything. He said all the operational issues were on him. He said guys need to be able to play free. They need to be able to do their thing, and... If they're worried about getting the information, it's going to slow them down. Heck, look at Tyreek and Jalen. For the first time this season, neither guy really went off. Neither of them put up big numbers. It was the combination of a good effort by secondary players, which Buffalo, to their credit, they were short on, and they still got the job done, plus a really good scheme. There was always help over the top. And Tyreek himself said it after the game. He didn't see the fear in the eyes of Buffalo's defenders because they knew they had safety help coming. And 
That's a major difference. That's not to say that the Dolphins didn't have any chunk plays. They did have a few, but the best plays the Dolphins had the first three weeks, it was about getting elite speed into space. And that didn't happen too much. Except for one or two runs by Devon Achan. Remember, it's Achan, not A-Chain. Devon Achan. Changed that last Monday. And like I said previously, all of these teams look at video. They look at video from all around the league. They get every single, not tape anymore, but every single file, every link. Back in the day, when I was working for the Raiders, you would get FedEx tapes the next day. FedEx first thing in the morning. All of the tapes from all around the league. Now I'm sure it's just the click of a link. Right on the computer. Much easier. Probably much more cost effective. So teams are going to see what the Bills did. Not that they'll be able to replicate it because there's different players. But the Dolphins were not completely shut down, but they were thrown out of their game, out of their style. Even though they lost, I still give an offensive game ball, even though I don't have an offensive game ball to give, but if I did, I'll give him a virtual one, uh, Devon Achan. My gosh. I don't know if a team gives out offensive game balls when you lose by four touchdowns, but the dude's got six TDs in the past two weeks. He's a rookie. He's just pure speed. That's his deal. He can't be stopped. When he gets a little space, it's just not possible to stop him. His burst is off the charts. And I think he's going to have to start getting 1A treatment by Mike McDaniel, meaning if Raheem Mostert is RB1, then A-Chan is like RB1A. Kind of almost sounds like RBs, but that wouldn't be a good thing. RB1A is a good thing. RBs, I I don't know. I haven't been to an Arby's in, in a long time. I know John Heyman, the baseball writer, likes the Arby's, but I, I don't I don't know. I just I don't do Arby's. I like RB1 and I like RB1A. To be clear, I don't like RBs. Teams, they're not gonna like the Dolphins RB1 and RB1A because they're gonna be a problem, an absolute problem moving forward, which is great for Miami. You want the opponent to have a problem with your running backs and your wide receivers and your quarterback. Then it's like, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to stop them? The defense, whoever they're going up against, will have a much easier life, though, if the Dolphins' offensive line plays like they did yesterday. In part, it was because they were banged up. To start the game, they were already banged up. Then right before the half, Teron Armstead goes out. He made his uh, slow walk to the tunnel immediately. Liam Eikenberg wasn't good. The whole unit wasn't very good. The Bills on plays where they weren't even blitzing much, they were able to get way too much pressure on Tua. And when they're rushing four and putting Tua on the deck, that's not good. The only positive to take from what was going on with that Dolphins offensive line and Tua being pressured 
it's that that was the most pressure and the most hits that we've seen Tua take so far this season. And at no point did he look defenseless. He's looked defenseless in the past, but at no point was he thrown around like a rag doll. He was smarter about avoiding the pressure. He got hit and he went down. But all the training, all the preparation in the offseason, I think it seemed to pay off. There was one time where he almost fumbled and then he was going to the ground and it looked like he was fearing for his life. But it was in his mind to make sure he was able to play on the next down. And before, he may not have been thinking about that. If Tua can remain healthy for the next 13 games, if he could start every one of those games, the Dolphins will be a problem for the rest of the AFC and come playoff time. I know it's easier said than done, but if Tua can remain healthy, the Dolphins will be a problem. Just because they got their butts handed to them yesterday doesn't mean they're in trouble moving forward. It's one game. Mike McDaniel said some things after the game. Tua said some things after the game. And I think what was said is very important. And then there were other things that I saw that I definitely need to discuss with all of you. Things that need to be fixed ASAP. And I'm not talking about just offensive line play or what happened on the defensive side of the football, but more about what happened on the sideline. And I'll get to that in just a moment. If you're not feeling good because Miami lost, I got a great way for you to feel better. Head on over to Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, where you'll be surrounded by gorgeous... The reason Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club, the beautiful ladies that you'll be surrounded by, they come from all over the world. So many different countries are represented at Dean's Gold. You will have yourself an incredible time. You want to watch the football game there tonight? They got televisions all over the place. If the football game is boring, trust me, you will not be bored. You'll be entertained during every timeout, and you'll have a personal halftime show. Head on over to Dean's Gold. They're open every day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 in the morning. Dean's Gold is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard that's in North Miami Beach. Surround yourself with gorgeous women who come from all over the world. There's only one building in South Florida you could do that. It's the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. I was playing a poker tournament in Medellin that finished up on Saturday. Or did it finish Friday? I can't even remember anymore. 465 entries. I made another final table and came in fourth place overall. Could have been higher, but my ace eight got beat by a king six. The guy hit a king. I love playing poker, and we can play poker together at my next Slater Scoops poker tournament. It'll be Tuesday night, October 17th. That is two weeks from tomorrow. You do not want to miss it at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. There's now $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool. It was doubled, and you're going to start with 40,000 chips instead of 20,000 chips. 
250 bucks to enter the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament. Put a reminder in your phone. I know you think you can remember everything in your mind, but just put that reminder in your phone. Tuesday night, October 17th, cards in the air at 6 p.m. You can register until 8.45 p.m. You don't want to miss it. The Slater Scoops Poker Tournament, now with $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool, Tuesday night, October 17th, at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. I had a great poker game for four consecutive days. Mike McDaniel did not necessarily have a good poker game yesterday on the field in Buffalo. I felt he got too cute at times. There's sometimes when I'm at the poker table and I want to outsmart somebody. I want to outplay them. I feel like I'm good. My my mental game is really good at the poker table. But once you get too cute, once you try to get too smart, that's when you make mistakes. That's what Mike McDaniel did yesterday. He just tried to outthink himself. Fourth and one, the Dolphins go shotgun and pass. That's too cute. Just run the ball at that point. And whatever's going on on the defensive side of the ball, I thought Vic Fangio was getting it together. Mike McDaniel's got to get involved because this team needs to play more complimentary football. They had been doing it. For whatever reason yesterday, you could say it was the crowd noise. You could say where they, they were just so amped up. The Dolphins were. Maybe they were thinking that they were so good, but they're not that good. Whatever it is that happened yesterday, it needs to be fixed. Look, for weeks now, especially after last week, all over the country, people were talking about the Dolphins. They just put up 70 points. Putting up 70 is fun. These players and this coaching staff, they heard everywhere. No matter what they say, oh, we, we don't listen to the outside noise. They hear it. They get text messages. They see and hear everything. They heard that they were the greatest thing in the world. So there's all of this chatter and sometimes it gets into your head and you try to you try to be smarter than you need to be. You're already smart. You don't have to try to be smarter. Just be yourself because you're smart. So it may have gotten to them. You get inspired, but sometimes you just get you get into a, a position where you start doing things you don't have to do. Just like throwing from shotgun on fourth and one. Like, oh my gosh. Like you gotta you don't have to prove to everyone, wow, I I am such a genius. Just run the football there. Run the football and get a first down. You don't have to be a genius on every play. Sometimes you could just call a normal play fourth and one and you move on to first and 10. The Bills knew the Dolphins were coming at them. The Bills knew that the Dolphins were the talk of the country. They saw just as much 
things on the internet and on television and on the radio, hearing those things, they saw him just as much as the Dolphins did. And I'm sure the Bills were ticked off. Oh, the Dolphins are the class of the AFC East. Well, now we calm down a little bit. I think the Dolphins calm down a little bit. They'll face each other again week 18. It'll be in Miami Gardens. It'll be a very interesting game, I'm sure. It's so odd that the Dolphins and Bills had their regular season meeting in Buffalo, and it was a gorgeous and sunny day. Completely zero weather impact on that game. So odd. That's a break for the Dolphins. They go to that place every single season. When was the last time we said it was a beautiful day for the Dolphins at the Bills? I don't remember it. I'm sure it's happened. I just don't remember it. It's very rare. And if they're going to face them a third time, it'll be in the playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. And you want that game to be in South Florida. Even though the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson last season didn't embarrass themselves, you would much rather have that game in South Florida. Weather-wise is is one thing, but crowd-wise, that's another. I know it's hot outside every single day right now in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, all throughout South Florida, but if you head on over to Gulfstream Park, you go to their trackside restaurant, the AC is kicking, you'll have a fantastic meal and watch live horse racing right in front of you, and of course, you could wager on it as well. Heck, you could wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. So when you go to Gulfstream Park, and they've got live racing every week right now, it's their sunshine meet going on. The championship meet will be starting soon, but right now they're still live racing during the sunshine meet. Go to their trackside restaurant, 10 Palms. That's the place I was just describing. When I go to Gulfstream Park, that's exactly where I go. I get a table, have a great meal, watch the races live in front of me. And you know me, of course, I'm going to wager on them too. And if you can't make it out to Gulfstream Park this week, you could still wager on the races live from wherever you are in Florida. Completely legal to do. Download the First Bet app. The First Bet app is the official wagering app of Gulfstream Park. I am loving my wager right now that I put in legally in Medellin. I put the bet in about a month and a half, two months ago. I went to the supermarket in Medellin. That's where the sports book is. I got some eggs, some chicken. And at the same time, I put in the Marlins to win the World Series at 66 to 1. I put a million pesos on them. So do the math. I get back my million and another 66 million, 67 million pesos if the Marlins win the World Series. Here's why I love my bet. Go through the history. Throw out 2020 the COVID season, 60 games. The Marlins have been a wild card team and gone to the postseason twice. Again, throwing out the COVID year. COVID year, they were starting to figure skater at second and third base. 
In a full season, the Marlins have gotten into the postseason twice. And they've won the World Series both times. This team gets in, they are trouble for everybody else. You look at their run differential, it's horrendous. They're in the minus zone. And that's because they are more than the sum of their parts. This is a team in every sense of that word. They've got more than 31 run victories because they're tight. They're together. And I think this team is more than capable of making some big-time noise this postseason. Yes, I would love to have Sandy Alcantara and Yuri Perez in game one and two. That would be ideal. But both of them are out. Jesus Lazardo's been really good all year. He's a tough-minded kid. He's a South Florida guy. My confidence is high that the Marlins will be able to do a good job in game one, and then they've got Braxton Garrett in game two. Yes, Philadelphia has some great players. They've got all-stars. Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto are studs. They got Trey Turner. But the Marlins aren't playing some team like they've never seen before. They're not playing a team they've only seen five or six times. This is a team that they've seen consistently throughout the years. They know what Philly's got. They know that pitching staff. This will be about executing and not getting overwhelmed by the moment. And I want to take a moment, and I'm not wearing a hat, but if I was, I would tip it right now. Like I actually have my fingers up and I'm tipping my fake hat that I don't have on. I'm tipping that to Skip Schumacher. And I'm also tipping it to Kim Ang. Skip, a first-year manager, and Kim Ang, who built this thing. And I'm also tipping it to Bruce Sherman, the owner, who greenlit all the moves needed to get this team to this point to be a smaller market team and to grind and fight and to do things the right way, no matter what happens moving forward, not only was this a great season for the Miami Marlins, this is a great foundation for this franchise. You realize when things started to turn around for this Marlins organization. There was somebody there in the organization the past four years and then somebody left the organization. Derek wow. And now all of a sudden, people can do what they want to do, like their jobs. Not do this, do that, because I know what I'm doing. Look, Derek Jeter, I'm not going to make this about him because the people with the Marlins organization right now deserve all the credit. But he thought he knew everything. He was a great ball player, unbelievable ball player. As far as a CEO goes, controlling a baseball team, I would say Derek Jeter failed big time at that. And it's nice to see what the Marlins have in place right now. It's so great for this franchise to be in the postseason. Now... This organization can look at itself and look at that clubhouse. 
They can tell the fans, this is the standard. This is how a team plays together. This is how a team battles. In September, the Marlins had a lot of adversity. Injuries, a tough schedule, bad weather. They had to deal with a dumb grounds crew. And I'm not talking about the one grounds crew member at Lone Depot Park who played a fair ball, thought it was foul. I'm talking about the whole grounds crew of the Mets. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Yeah, it was more like meet the Mets grounds crew. Horrific. Then they took a picture in front of the Marlins dugout after screwing everything up. And I love the post the Marlins had on Saturday. Like, who looks better? And they had a picture in front of their dugout celebrating a postseason berth. The Marlins dealt with a lot. A lot of obstacles. And yet, here they are, still playing, still grinding, They have a huge opportunity staring them right in the face. And it all gets started tomorrow night in prime time. They got the 8.08 p.m. Eastern time game tomorrow. They got it on Wednesday. And if they need it, they've got it on Thursday. When I saw that team celebrating in the clubhouse in Pittsburgh on Saturday night, And I watched the interviews on Bally Sports. I said to myself, this seems like a team that is destined to upset a lot of their opponents. Or maybe all of them. Or at least the first one. That's what I was saying to myself. Could part of that be because I'm rooting for the Marlins and... I'm all about South Florida. Could be. But I want to think that's not it. I really want to believe this team has just got something in them where they don't give up. They know what they're up against. They know everyone's going to pick the Phillies. And if they beat the Phillies, they know everyone in the world is going to pick Atlanta. Am I, am I thinking that they can get this done against Philadelphia because of my wager that'll get me 67 million Colombian pesos and I'll go pick them up in the supermarket? Part of me could be saying that because of it. But deep down inside, I truly believe it. And then you've got the whole story of South Florida in 2023. The Heat barely got in, and they went to the NBA Finals. The Panthers barely got in. Not only did they go to the Stanley Cup Finals on the way, and pardon me, Stanley Cup Final. I can't believe I messed that up. Not only did they get to the Stanley Cup Final, but on the way, their first stop, they had to beat the best team in NHL history. And they did it. So don't tell me this Marlins team cannot beat the Philadelphia Phillies in the best of three. And you may say that's completely unrelated. Hockey and basketball have nothing to do with this Marlins team. 
And you're correct. I'm just saying, don't tell me it can't be done. Because we've already seen it twice this year with our professional teams. And who would have thought FAU would go to the Final Four? Who would have thought Miami would go to the Final Four? But particularly FAU. Why not the Marlins? We always think, oh, this can't be done, but it can. Just like some of you think, there's no way I can retire early. There's no way I can go on trips and vacations and enjoy life without working. There is a way. And the way to start it is by contacting Trajan Wealth. Trajan Wealth, they're located locally in Palm Beach. They will design a plan based around your goals And it's going to cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. Let them help you. You can retire early. And the best way to go about it, contact Trajan Wealth. It may not be as difficult as you think. I know it's not difficult to get a hold of them. You can go to their site very easily, TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or if you want, pick up the phone and call them, 561 Three nine zero one thousand. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. I got one more thing to say, and just a reminder: I'm not going to be on the air tomorrow. I'm going to be traveling to Philadelphia, uh, but I'll join you from Philadelphia. I'm sure I'll be the only show in Philadelphia, uh, at least South Florida wise, joining you from there. I will do that Wednesday and Thursday. But tomorrow is going to be a travel day for me. The last topic I want to get to this hour, Portland hates the Miami Heat. I've come to that conclusion. The Blazers, not only did they not send Dame to where he wanted to go, I think they're out to get the Miami Heat. They trade Dame to Milwaukee, and then they flip Drew Holiday and send him to Boston. So the Blazers helped not one, but two teams who are contenders in the Eastern Conference. Two teams who the Heat will be battling, most likely, come playoff time. As far as how the Heat will fare this regular season, what's going to happen come playoff time, can we just let the season play out a bit? I know people are upset and down, but Jimmy's a stud. Bam is a stud. The Heat made most of their title run without Tyler Hero. This is a great franchise who's got a big-time history of winning. Just let things play out. And there's still a trade deadline where there's a lot of movement. That's all the time I got for this Monday afternoon. I'll be back with you again from Philadelphia on Wednesday. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.